0: people had been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, that uh, they, uh, the Babylonian armies had been overthrown, um, and that the new uh, king had released the Jewish people uh, to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. The Jewish people uh, proceeded back to Jerusalem. They had started work on the temple, and they had got to the point where the foundation was laid, and then they had become distracted discouraged. They turned their hearts to their own houses and had forgotten the house of the Lord. And Then they met with um, hard times. Uh, the Lord cursed the land. The rain did not come. The dew did not come so that the crops would grow. He cursed the ground so the produce would not come from it. He um, even went to the point as far as saying that they worked and they toiled and they took their wages and they put them in purses that had holes in them. So no matter how much they made, it was never enough. We saw the prophet Haggai land on the scene and he told them of their wrongdoing. He told them he pointed out that they were worrying about their own houses instead of worrying about the Lord of the of the, house, the Lord's house and the the people turned back to the Lord. They changed their ways. They went up to the hills and they cut the trees. They came back down and they continued their work on the foundation. This is where we pick up the story today. Haggai 2, 1 through 9. We're going to take a look at these verses a couple at a time. Charles Spurgeon began his sermon on this text with these words. Satan is always doing his utmost to stay the work of God. He hindered the Jews from building the temple, and today he endeavors to hinder the people of God from spreading the gospel. The spiritual temple is to be built for the Most High, and if by any means the evil one can delay its uprising, he will stick at nothing. If he can take us off from working with faith and courage for the glory of God, he will be sure to do it. He is very cunning. and knows how to change his argument and yet keep his design. Little cares he how he works, so long as he can hurt the cause of God. Charles Spurgeon spoke these words on September 5th 1886. These words are as true today as they were then. If Satan can discourage, distract, tempt us away from doing God's will and God's work, in our life, he will. The question is, will you allow him to tempt you? Will you allow him to discourage you to the point where you would rather take care of your own stuff and take care of God's stuff in your life. A week ago this last Monday, I found myself standing beside my wife's car, looking down at a tire that was Round almost completely all the way around, but the very bottom of it had this flat spot. And it wasn't like we were here somewhere in town where there was plenty of people to call and resources to lean on to help. We were at camp, which is in on the dirt roads off in Route 9, in behind the airline Snag bar. She had gone out to get the grandkids and had come back in. It was about 9 30 in the day last Monday. It was hot, muggy. And on that dusty, dirt road, I stood there and I looked at that flat tire. She called me and said, Honey, I'm sorry, but I have a flat tire. Will you come help us? So I drove to where they were. And Put the lug nut on the the lug wrench on the lug nuts, and I started to struggle. I got three of them off, but two of them just wouldn't break free. You see how this story plays out over these nine verses. Verses 1 and 2. In the seventh month of the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shaltiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, This is God telling Haggai what to say to the people. This is the second time the voice of God comes from the prophet Haggai to all the people, both the leaders and the remnant, hear it. This is truly a man called on by God to bring the word of the Lord. First question for us today, church, is where do we seek counsel? Where do we find the answers to life's problems? Do we allow pastors and the elders of this church to speak with authority into our lives? When we find ourselves in a position where we're not really sure how to move forward, where we're not really sure about a situation that we're in. Or do you take matters into your own hands? Do you do what you think is best without seeking godly counsel. Maybe you have a parent, maybe you have a grandparent, maybe you have a brother or sister in the Lord that you know is grounded in the word of God, that you may turn to one of them. That's fine. Seek godly counsel. When you find yourself in those sticky situations in life where you're not real sure how to move forward, pastors and the elders of this church they don't give counsel based on their opinion. they give counsel based on the Word of God and after that counsel is given it's up to the hearer it's up to the recipient of that counsel it's up up to that person or that that man or that woman That has received that counsel to decide what to do with it. I counseled with a young man this week and shared God's word with him. At the end of our conversation and after praying, his whole demeanor had changed. When we started, he was agitated and angry at the things that being said about him and said to him. And I just simply shared that scripture that says, gentle spirit turns away wrath. And I pleaded with him, told him, Take the humble position. Set yourself before these people that are saying these things and ask them what it was that you have done to cause them to say these things. And don't just say it with the idea that you're going to somehow manipulate the situation. Say it and ask the question... And hear what they have to say. Take the humble position. Be gentle in your speech. And see if it turns that anger and that wrath away. He was thankful. He was peaceful. See, that's what God... God's word does in our life. It brings peace to a otherwise chaotic world. So easy to blow by the opening line of verse 1, the seventh month on the 21st day of the month. We can just read over that and skip by and it goes, oh, it's just one of those so many dates and times in the Bible that. But there's a lot of significance there. See, it gives us a point of where they're at. If you remember in verse 1, it tells us when they started. So we know that they're four weeks into the rebuilding of the temple. From when they went up to the mountains and cut the trees and brought them down and started the work. It's also the seventh day, the last day of the Feast of the tabernacle, Which should be a time of celebration. Celebrating the event of God bringing them out of slavery, out of Egypt, leading them through the wilderness. You remember, right, the story? God was with them, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The wilderness was a place where they dwelled in temporary shelters, you know, tents. And where God was with them in the tabernacle. A time of celebration. But here they find themselves standing in front of a temple that was just the foundation. It also would have been a time of celebrating the harvest, getting the, the crops in out of the fields and into the storehouses for winter. They didn't have any crops. Because of their disobedience, the Lord had cursed the ground. So for this people at this time, it's easy to see why they may be getting disappointed. Verse 3. Who is left among you who saw the house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? God points out the obvious. Who saw this temple in its former state? Remember the former temple? inlaid with gold, three stories high, a massive structure, two beautiful granite columns, all the implements of worship in the courtyard. Now we stand before the temple, and it's nothing but a foundation. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Scott said, if you want to understand Haggai, you really got to go back and read the first six chapters of Ezra. Chapter 3 of Ezra talks about this rebuilding, this period in time. It says the young men cheered at the completion of the foundation. And the old men cried. See, the young men didn't have anything to compare it to. So they was excited that they had done this much. The old men cried. Because they saw it, and they realized that they had only done so much because they knew what it was in its former glory. At that point, two years in, when they were first released out of captivity, told to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, two years in, they were standing in front of the foundation. The old men realized, you can't do it. They wept. And the work stopped. It stopped for 15 years. Now God is asking them, who's left? They've seen the temple in its former glory. There's few that were left that had seen the temple. Discouraged, depressed. And they were only four weeks in to a project, a building project that who knew how long it was going to take. They stood in front of that flat tire on that hot, dusty road. Three lug nuts off, the other two not budging. I had a four way lug wrench on One of them standing on the lug wrench holding on to the top of the car, bouncing up and down, trying to break it free. Very easily, disappointed. Two hours I had been working on the tire, standing beside that. I was with a guy a couple weeks ago. I was actually in his office. I asked him how his kids were doing. My daughters used to babysit his kids. He asked me about my kids. And in talking about his boy, he said, pray for him. He really needs some help in his life. Typical twenty-something living for his, for himself and gone off his own way, and he's really in a bad spot. He said, "I'll, I'll, I'll pray for him." He said, "It's so important not to give up on these kids." He said, "I was one of those kids." He reached in his desk. He pulled out a Bible started leafing through it. And they were The binding was cracked and the pages were ripped and it was wrinkled pages and there were spots on a lot of the pages. He stopped at one point and he held it out to me and he goes, you see these spots on these pages? I said, yeah, what are those? He said, well, you see this Bible was... mothers. She said, you know, those nights where when you were 15, 16, 17 years old and you'd take the keys to the car without asking, and you'd just be gone. You wouldn't come home. She said, this is what I did. I got the Bible out. And I read. And I prayed for your sake. The spots are my tears. He gave that Bible to him and told him, challenged him never give up on your kids. Keep praying, keep working. God is with you. Through him, everything can happen. Verse 4, be strong. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts tells the people to be strong and work, not to give up. So many times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, we look at the things that are around us, and we give up before we even start. I know standing in front of that flat tire with three lug nuts off and two that wouldn't break free. I was ready to give up. I said, Lord, you're going to provide. I don't know how. I don't know what to do. You're going to provide. Give up before we even start. We give up because we forget what God's word says, Philippians 4. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstances. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I pray, Lord, divide what I need. Here in Haggai 2, he tells the people to be strong, to work. For I am with you. That's it. That's all he says. For I am with you. Christian is knowing that God is with Knowing that God is with you should bring peace to your life. But all too often, we put conditions on God. God, I'll serve you if you give me good health. God, I'll serve you if you give me a good job. God, I'll serve you if you take care of my kids. God, I'll serve you if you give me this stuff. God, I'll serve you if you give me a great spouse. That's not what God's promises. What God promises is that he will be with you. Is that enough for you? We know the scriptures, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. God's promise is not God plus know promises himself. I am with you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say a believer's life will be easy. It actually says just the opposite. Follow me and you will face trials. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christ then, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecution, and claims. For when I am weak, says this because god is not whether he's in prison or standing before a king god was not standing before that flat tire god how are you going to provide how are you going to get me out of this situation i prayed that Around the corner comes this big red truck. You know the kind of truck that's got all the bins on the sides of it? See, he was a logging mechanic. He had every tool that you could think of in that truck. He pulled up beside me, looked down, and said, you got a problem. Stated the obvious. He said, let me help you with that. He gets out, and he gets in his truck, and he's getting his tools out, and he's got these super duty sockets with this great big, long breaker bar. He says, we'll have that off there. He puts that great big, long breaker bar on the lug net. Pushing and pushing and doesn't budge. He says, I'm going to push on this a little harder. He says, it might strip your lug nut off. I said, at this point, what do we got to lose? So he pushes really hard. Snap! Because the lug nut broke free, starts to move it a little bit more. He goes, oh, wait a minute. The socket snapped. Lug nut didn't move. He goes, Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> states he states he's out. He goes, Let me get my uh, gun out. My air gun. He's got a compressor on his truck. That'll break it free. Gets his impact wrench out. Turns the generator on. The air compressor. <laughs> Puts it on then. Zzzzzz! Zzz. Ah, she broke Zzzzzzzz! Zzzzzzzzzz! Pulls it out and looks at it. It had rounded the lug nut completely off. Done. There's nothing else he could do. He didn't have any other tools that would ground, grab a rounded off lug nut for us to get that tire off and put the spare tire on. Done. Tire's still flat on the bottom. I mean, flat, sitting on the ground flat. He says, There's nothing else I can do. Sorry. Backs his tools away, gets in his truck. He says, I wish you the best. What I thought was going to be God providing for me drives off. I'm still standing there looking at the flat diet. All right, Lord. Beginning to worry. But I know you're going to provide. You could have got discouraged. Verses 5 through 7. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth, the seas, the dry land, and I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The covenant that he is speaking of here is a covenant that he would be with the Israelites as he led them out of Egypt, as he led them out of captivity, as he led them... Through the wilderness to the promised land. There were armies that needed to be defeated. Walls that needed to come down. Food and water issues while they were in the wilderness. All these things God provided for. He was with them. Remember what Pastor Scott said a couple of weeks ago? God will provide everything you need. Carry out his will. If you don't have it, you don't need it. God says, "Fear not. Fear not. I am with you. Be strong and work and bring glory to my name." There's another little part in there that's so easy to skip over, not understand if you don't dig deep. The treasures of all nations. So easy to think that he's talking about treasure. Gold and silver, and the currency of the day. The treasures of the nations is his son, Jesus Christ. And he fills this temple that is just the foundation, he fills it. Son. Verses 8 and 9. It says, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house, the one, the foundation, shall be greater than the former, the one that was inlaid with gold, says the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. He finishes with the silver and gold of mine. I could restore the temple just like the old one. But the glory that fills the temple will be greater than that. I will fill it with the glory of the Messiah, the Son of God. You remember the stories, right? Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to be presented. Where? As a baby. A child. Simeon took him in his arms, and he gave thanks to God. What does he say? Now I can go. That's what Jesus it's
1: peace.
0: Remember the story of Joseph and Mary going to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, and then they left. And after three days' travel... They looked around and said, Where's Jesus? Well, I thought he was with you. Well, maybe he's back with the cousins back there in the caravan. Let me go back and see if I can find him. No, no Jesus. Where's Jesus? Oh, we better go back to Jerusalem and see if we can find him. Where'd they find him? He was in the temple, sitting, listening to the leaders and the teachers, asking questions. It says that they were amazed at his answers. God was filling the temple, Jesus. Jesus cleansed the temple, remember? He went in, and he flipped the tables of the money changers. He said, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. You have made it a den of thieves. Remember the night that he was arrested? He says, why do you come with me with swords and clubs? Haven't I been in the temple teaching day after? filled with Jesus Jesus is the glory of God he is the way to have God with you brothers and sisters believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead for the forgiveness of your sin and mine and God will be with you the question remains to be answered. Enough for you to start following God's ways instead of your own ways. Start working on His house in His will instead of working on your own house, living your own life. Remember the slogan it came out a few years ago. You saw it printed on T-shirts and bumper stickers everywhere. No Jesus, N O, no Jesus, no peace, N O. No Jesus, K N O W, no Jesus, no peace. He says, And in this place I give peace to this Lord of hosts. What a finish. What a message for the world today. And a world that's filled with anger and hatred and Church, if you want peace in your life. Seek God. Listen to His voice. Obey His commands. Ask Him to stir your spirit. Consider your ways. Be united with Christian brothers and sisters. Work to bring glory to His name. He promises. Praise God, the story doesn't end there. We have hope. We have a future. Revelations 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heavens from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. God's dwelling place is with people. tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. The former things have passed away. Yes, brothers and sisters. Hope for the future is bright. Don't let this world beat you down. Don't be tempted away. Don't be disappointed. Allow God to work in your life. and Recognize
1: strength is gone. You're the one who calls me on. You are the life. You are the fight that's in my soul. Oh, your resurrection power burns like fire in my heart. When waters rise, I lift my eyes up to your throne. We are I will sing into the night Christ is risen and on high Greater is he living in me Than in the world No surrender We are free and we're rich. chain is breakable with you we are victorious you are stronger than our hearts you are greater than the dark with you we are victorious not Stronger than our hearts You are greater Than the dark With you we are Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We are defiant in your name. You are the fire that cannot be tamed. You are the power in our veins, our Lord, our God.
0: Standing beside the road, what I thought was the provider that was going to rescue me, had just drove off. Lord, I need help. Do I call a tow truck, how do you even tell to a tow truck where you are when you're down on the dirt roads way up in the middle of the My wife had gone next door to the camp next to ours. They just happened to be there. And asked the guy that was there, will you go check on my husband? I had a flat tire and he's out there trying to change it in the heat. I said, sure, I'll go check get some stuff here. He drives up, and he's got a tire inflator, plugs into the cigarette lighter. I had a Pump that plugged into an electrica outlet, but you're out there in the middle of the woods. He had a pump. He said, "Let's try to pump it up, and see if we can get a plug in the hole wherever the hole might be." He had a tire kit, a tire plug kit. So we pumped it up. The crack, the, right between the tread and the sidewall. The crack. So it was leaking. There was no way to go plug it. And we realized that the tire would hold air for a little while. We pumped it up. I got in the car and I drove it. Four miles. It was almost flat again. I out, pumped it up. Four miles. Stopping seven times and Thirty-six miles, I got to the garage, the closest garage I could work on. It was about 12.30. I went inside and told the guy behind the counter what was going on. All the bays had cars in them. He was like, well, I just finished up with one of the other cars. Let me pull that out and you pull yours in see if I can at least get that. Yours off, so you can put the spare on. He worked on it for a while. He couldn't get it off. He called the other mechanic, the head mechanic, over. He said, you ever come up against this? He goes, yeah. Get the cutting torch out. They melted the lug nuts and the stud up. Took the rim off. Actually got a tire, new tire, put on the rim, put it back on the car. I was able to go back to it. God conquered that tire. There's a lot of flat tires, if we're honest with ourselves in this church today. A lot of problems, a lot of things that we're struggling with. Have you given those things over to God and asked Him to help and provide If you're at a point in your life where you're stuck and you don't know how to move forward, ask for help. It's okay. You've got two pastors and four elders in this church that their sole reason for being here is to help. No, we not ask for help. That's what we do. It's what the church is for. It's how we are supposed to live in community with one another. God is more than comfortable. He will provide you
1: in times of stress. In times of pain.
0: He is with you. Remember that. That's such an important
1: message. He is.